Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Now, look, BetOnline, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. In the Masters, it's already underway. Baseball's in full swing. And NBA and NHL postseason, it's right around the corner. So where else should you go? For all your new scores and odds, it's at BetOnline.ag. It's the best way to place your bets. And also, it's free to sign up. So head to the website on your mobile device right now. Sign up today and receive a 15% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's only at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming into the pod. Happy Friday, everyone. And I'm so excited to bring this guest back. It's been a little while. We had him on last year during a very uncertain time talking uh, NFL draft, and he's back to talk NFL draft this time around. It is the Charity Stripes, Josh Fisher. Josh, my friend, how are you? Good, man. Can't complain. Uh, pumped to be back. Had a great time last year. Love talking the draft. It is my favorite time of year. Um, although March Madness was back this year, and that was pretty incredible. Uh, like you mentioned, the Masters, we talked about a bit before the show. Don't know anything about golf, but I've really fallen in love with just, you know, the four-day trip that that is. But the NFL draft, it's already been super exciting, and we're going to break it down. But I'm very, very stoked. It's just a few short weeks away, and I'm literally counting down the days till April 29th. It's, it's moving pretty fast. It's getting pretty close. Rumors are flying around like crazy. Let's just start here. Let's talk about that combo, like the March Madness and now this NFL draft. NFL draft, obviously, last year, you know, watching it, viewing it was a totally different experience. But this year, it feels like it's going to feel a little bit closer to normal. Just talk about this month in general with baseball being back, March Madness, NFL draft. Sports is back, baby. And it, it just feels so good as opposed to how it felt last year. Yes, yes, 100%, which doubles down on the fact that this may be the best month for sports ever. Seriously, close. we have this, we have, it's close, it's up there. I mean, we had this debate in our show. It's, is it April? October's like in there, you have baseball playoffs, NBA is getting geared back football's up, college, back, football's yeah. back, both college and, you know, NFL. That's a good one right there. But start of baseball, and I know this is going to do mainly NFL draft, but I think, this is a pivotal year for baseball. Um, I think baseball, from what I've seen in marketing, has really done a good job. The camera work that they've done, a lot of the home runs, has been sweet. They're adding as much swagger to the game as possible, and the Yankees are going to be good. And I hate the Yankees, as you can see. I have my Belichick flag behind me. But for baseball to be baseball, I've been saying you need the Yankees to be great. Similar to, like, basketball. Basketball's been able to survive because it's an individualized sport. The stars run the show. But when NFL. you have the Knicks and the Celtics and the Lakers, then when those teams are good, and if I dare say so myself, when the Bulls are good too, whether no, they're championship contenders or not, it just makes the league more fun. Oh, yeah, it doubles it up for sure. But even like the Knicks don't have to necessarily be good. It's better that they're not a laughing stock. Well, they haven't in the NBA yeah, survived, are, right? Yeah, exactly, because it's like, you know, because you fall in love with the players and it doesn't necessarily matter where the team is. NFL is the NFL, so it's always going to be that top-tier sport just for what it is. But baseball kind of missed the boat on being that superstar-driven sport. A lot of their stars are quieter, like Mike Trout. They don't like the spotlight. They just play in the game. But I think, you know, what they've been doing, at least on Instagram and like we've seen on Twitter, 
with the camera work they've done with home runs, you know, and the amount of bats that have been live already this season. And um, the teams that are good are the, the big market teams again. So fortunately, I think this is a big year for baseball. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And I think now compiled with an, a, a good March, a, a bad finish to March Madness, but probably the end of the, that final four game UCLA Gonzaga was probably the best game I've ever seen in college. Probably. It's, it's right up there, right? I mean, recency bias always kind of has a, uh, exactly. a little romantic and sentimental for, for, but those last five or six possessions of that game was perfect basketball. I mean, truly like, I mean, the way that, you know, the, even the, the jumper that Riley hit in the corner three possessions before was a beautiful penetration kick out to him. He sinks the jumper. It was just, it was professional basketball at a really high level. And it's definitely something that college basketball needed. It's a really interesting point that you're bringing up about baseball. And I'm loving what you're saying right now because it's so funny, right? It's ironic that baseball is boring. We're living in this age now where social media and you know better than anyone else in terms of content and the stuff that we put out. People like seeing stuff every day. People like looking at their inbox and knowing that something is coming to them that's going to entertain them every single day. And that's yeah. exactly what baseball is. And I'm really curious to see over the next couple of years I think moving the mound back is a real thing. I think we're going to see some rule changes and some stuff that actually really truly might trim down the game time, which I think is huge. That's key, right? For you, if baseball is going to come back, if they've baseball already was done that too, with the runner on second rule, they've done for that sure with the, you know, we saw a doubleheader today with the Braves and the Nats that went only seven innings because it's a doubleheader. Now that's a great, it saves a bullpen arms, which, you know, and also makes the games quicker and shorter. Um, and the thing with baseball, you bring up, you bring up a great point of, we want to see clips. We want to see digestibles and people forget how sick baseball can be. Yes. How unbelievable a, a home rob, a home run, robbing catch could be a diving glove save, not even just like home runs, like ep, like the movement that they're capturing right now on some of these pitches, these epic strikeouts, like that's awesome to watch too. And the fact that they're now, okay, kind of getting, kind of catching up with the times and not trying to be the pastime, but trying to be a, you know, a part of the present. All rights right? and reserved and are disseminated by the major league baseball. And you cannot use the blah, 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 and yada, yada, yeah. yada. And, 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 and you're right, man, the top 10, like web gems, right? I mean, top 10, when you watch baseball highlights and stuff, they're just as entertaining as any other sport. I might even counter and say a top 10 of a baseball, a week in baseball plays might be a little bit cooler than maybe a football basketball, probably get close, but basketball is probably just dunks, passes and threes. Baseball could be anything. It could be a diving catch. It could be a snag in the infield. It could be a home run. It could be a strikeout. It's one of those sports where the amount of, you know, options of what can happen on a given play, it really is the top tier of like how endless it is. Like any, it's just so infinite what can happen. Not saying that's not possible for other sports, obviously, because of the pace of the game and, you know, just all the different directions things can go. But baseball, I think more so than others, anything could happen on a given play and any kind of like if it's captured correctly and they're really doing a good job of it lately, any snag, any steal, even any throw out, like all this stuff is, is if it's presented properly is, is really beneficial to help grow baseball again. Yeah. And you said captured correctly. What a great phrase, because that's just, just in my opinion, if we can get baseball games down to two and a half hours, I think you're going to see a lot more fans probably get into it. We just got to knock out those three hour, 45 minute games. And I'm so excited for this season. It's obviously my favorite sport. And football is not that far behind. Let's pivot over to the NFL draft. We're here to talk about it, right? Let's just start with the easy one, the one that everyone's talking about. I want your take on Sam Darnold to the Panthers. What did you think? Look, the Jets, they kind of forced themselves into this hole. I don't think it's a knock on Darnold. I don't think they traded Darnold because of the lack of faith. They traded him because time's run out. You draft a quarterback in the first round. 
you have, if he's good, you're going to have to sign him to an extension going into his fourth year or so. So you really have three years to kind of build that team and build those contracts around him, right? And then hopefully he's, he's the quarterback you thought he was and you could extend him. The Jets didn't do that. The Jets didn't do a good enough job building around, around Sam Darnold and now they have to pay him, but they are not sure really if he's the guy. So you have to move him. You can't pay a guy if you're not totally sure. You can't waste that fifth-year option. It's like $19 million or whatever. You can't waste that on Sam Darnold if you're not entirely sure. Do I think uh, my Cherry Stripe counterpoint, uh, counterpart said this, that if Sam Darnold was going into this year's draft, where would he be taken? Probably the second quarterback. Oh, ahead of Zach, for sure. Ahead of Zach. With that, right? with that arm and the pedigree coming out of USC, and he's so Dude. young and the, the raw tools, for sure. He's a winner. He was a winner. Like That's why like the thing with Fields is like, Fields is a winner. And don't get it wrong. I think Zach Wilson is different than like, oh, like the small school kind of guy. His completion percentage was ridiculous. And we saw Josh Allen, who had an unbelievably live arm, who threw with ease. We see it with Zach Wilson, how easy he throws the ball. Zach Wilson had a 73% completion percentage, which ranks tops all time, not at the top because that's Mac Jones, but one of the tops all time in NCAA history. Zach Wilson is incredibly efficient. He's got a live arm. Now the Jets buy more time. They have him on a rookie deal. He's going to be the number two overall pick. The draft really now starts at three because obviously Trevor Lawrence is going one. Um, and it, the Niners move up for quarterback. You don't move up to take a tackle or any other position. They're moving up for a quarterback. The Niners- Adam, Adam Schefter said today uh, on NFL Countdown he would be shocked if the 49ers do not take Mac Jones with the third pick. So that when Schefter talks, people listen, that's starting to sound like now maybe the draft starts at number four. We're, we're from the same town, he and I, ironically, by the oh, way. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, could, yeah, sure. But, like, look, I mean, they're going to field this pro day. Could it be smoke and mirrors? I don't know why they're doing it. They have the number three overall pick. I like Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones had an excellent season. I think Mac Jones is a great position for the Niners because you could ride Jimmy G out, right? And so if Jimmy G's playing well, you could trade Jimmy G. Or you could kind of trade Mac Jones. He probably won't. You could trade Jimmy G. He's on a big contract if he's playing well. And bring in Mac Jones and really not miss a beat because he's NFL ready. You don't necessarily know that with Fields. I think Fields' athleticism kind of fits a bit better with what the Niners do, though. The Niners are an uber-athletic, quick team. They're a twitchy team. Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Mostert. Kittle is a great receiving. Yeah, he's they also love, an extra blocker. They love jet sweeps. They love slot motion. They love, yeah, as you mentioned, trying to get Kittle in space. They like moving it around. And they like, Shanahan likes looking creative and smart on the field, right? And I think that lends itself to a mobile quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I just, like what I always, I'm, listen, I'm an Ohio State guy. I always have been. So it could be a bit biased, but I've always liked what I saw from Fields. He's a winner, 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 right? And he's pretty efficient with the football. He doesn't turn, he doesn't make many mistakes, doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He can do it in the air, can do it on the ground. He's big, right? So size isn't an issue. I think a team's going to get lucky. Now, the interesting thing is the, pan, the Falcons sit at four. You know, you're Arthur Smith, you're the new head coach. Do you take a quarterback and start your clock? Because you, if you're a new head coach, you take a quarterback, boom, clock starts. There you go. Time's ticking on your job. Or you have Matt Ryan, former MVP. You have Julio Jones. You have Calvin Ridley. You know, you have a good semblance of an offense. Do you ride it out with these guys one more time and kind of take that defensive player? People are talking about, you know, teams flying out the trade with the Falcons. It takes two to tango. 
the Dolphins set the bar. To get to the fourth pick, you have to give up three first-round picks and a third. That is what it costs you. Crazy. That's Crazy. what it costs you. Yeah. That's like, So if the Patriots, who notoriously saved their draft picks and heard them, you're telling me Bill Belichick's going to give up three first and a third, which he values more than most, to go up and get Fields at four? When he can maybe stay there, stay there at 15 and get him or Lance, realistically, like, after the fa- – let's say the Falcons don't take a quarterback. Let's say they stay there. They're not going to take one of the receivers. They probably won't take Kyle maybe, Pitts because yeah, they have – Maybe Pitts, I was going to say. Yeah, I don't they know. They have Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. I don't think – they. I would take Sewell, kind of continue to beef up that offensive line, but they've spent a lot of capital on the offensive line. They with Lindstrom and McGarry in the same draft a couple years ago. So do you necessarily want to go down that road? Or that defense, which – notoriously has not been able to stop a nosebleed the past couple of years. Do you take Micah Parsons, which would be my pick, the versatile linebacker? Um, then it goes to you have the Bengals, then you have the Finns, and then you have the Lions. Pick and choose how you want it to go. Sewell, Pitts, Chase are going in those three. You know, so I, I'm talking to people with the Lions and the Panthers, people sitting at seven and eight there. The Lions for a while were Lions fans were kind of wrapping their heads a little bit around, you know, we've got Jared Goff. We don't feel super great about that. Would they take a swing on Trey Lance? But it feels like with Chris Spielman and that whole butt your kneecap vibe that's going on in Detroit, you think that they would go with some sort of mauler up front in the offensive line. Maybe, you know, maybe the maybe the wide receiver there. Quarterback is kind of interesting. I was talking to Desmond Johnson, who was in Believe in Panthers uh, on the Believe mm-hmm. Network. He was saying, Don't be surprised that the Panthers double dipped. And they would target a guy like Lance and Darnold. Just what's your take on that? Because that doesn't seem to make a ton of sense to me. They they need help on the outside. They need a skill receiver, correct? That would be that would be asinine. I'm if I'm allowed to say that. That would be very dumb. I think the Lions need a wide receiver. They don't have a wide receiver one. You just brought in Goff. You don't trade, you know, listen, obviously they got a lot of picks, but you don't necessarily make that trade for Goff. You hope he's gonna be good. You hope he's going to be Goff of a couple of years ago where he was excellent and went to the Super Bowl, right? Yes. You're picking him with that with that in mind. So you have to help Matt a little bit. Terrell Williams, who was hurt. Brashad Perryman, who's a journeyman. Like, these are not number ones, maybe not even number two wide receivers. You need that wide receiver in there. I don't think Chase or Waddle, depending if one of them go beforehand, slip past this. The offensive line, you have Taylor Decker, you have Jonah Jackson, you have Frank Ragnow. Vite, like the, the offensive line is solid and it's a solid, it's a pretty deep offensive line classes you'll begin to see. So I, I think the Lions can kind of be patient and wait there. They have Hawkinson. So it's going to be, listen, if Chase goes to the Bengals, if Burrow gets his way, they're going to take Chase. I think the Bengals have to take Sewell because you have to protect Burrow at all costs. So Panay Sewell can't go to any other team other than them if he's sitting there. The Dolphins, you have Will Fowler, you have Devontae Parker, Kyle Pitts. Seems pretty likely there. So you're the Lions sitting there, and that that becomes home to Jamar Chase for me. So now you're the Panthers. You have you've lost Curtis Samuel. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have Robbie Anderson. You have DJ Moore, right? So you have these players. Can you go and look? Darnold hasn't been protected since he's been in the NFL. Can you take a Rashawn Slater type who can play offensive tackle and guard? That's a possibility, right? Or you can double down on defense. You can yeah, double no down. one is talking about defense in this draft. It's kind of interesting to me. It feels like, you know, the Patrick Sertains in the world and stuff are going to kind of slide down the board a little bit and end up in, in some pretty good situations. I don't know if they'll take Sertan. 
um, just because they have Dante Jackson, Rashawn Melvin. I mean, their defensive back, they took Jeremy Chin last year, who I really like. Their defense is really good. The Panthers went all defense last year, fully. One through seven went defense. So they may be inclined to beef up that offensive line. If Pitts falls to them, that would be interesting. I, I think they'd have to jump on him. I mean, I'm sure Joe Brady would fall in love right there. But they have Greg Little at left tackle. You have Taylor Moten at right tackle. So maybe the offensive tackle need not isn't pressing. You could conceivably take a Waddle. You could take Devonta Smith. But I, I think that'd be foolish. They brought in David Moore from Seattle. You have Robbie Anderson and, and DJ Moore again. I think tight end, if, you know, if Pitts isn't there, you have Brevin Jordan and Freermuth from Freermuth from Penn State and Jordan from U Miami. Jordan, I think, is a very good receiving tight end and, and would be great in Joe Brady's system. You can have him in the second round and even move back in the second round and probably get him. The Panthers are in a great position to take the best available player. A guy like Slater, you could put him in the inside, kick him outside. You can never have too much offensive line depth, and no one talks about that. So the Panthers are in a great position. The Broncos are sitting there. If Look, that's where you, the real next option for Fields or Lance is. Yeah, and so my question, let's just stay on the Panthers for a second. Yeah, a great way to kind of fulfill your investment on a guy that you bring in like Sam Darnold is to get him people that can protect him, to give him the best shot that he can to progress in Matt Rule's system. What happens to Teddy Bridgewater, and where do you think could be a landing spot for him? I know the Broncos are sitting there at nine. People are like, well, could they jump up and look for a quarterback? Could that be a destination spot for Teddy Bridgewater? What happens to him? Because I just don't see him sticking around in Carolina. There's no point. No, they're going to move him. The Panthers are going to – it's the it's the age-old. They're going to move Bridgewater. They're going to take a QB in rounds four to five to back up Sam Darnold and hope they strike gold. They probably won't and evaluate Darnold during, throughout the season. Teddy is going to go – look, you can't – again, you need a backup quarterback, right? The Bills made a big move and took your boy Trubisky. Like, that's a good like, – but look, that's a good backup quarterback job. It's important. If Josh Allen goes down, they need, they need him. Like, you need a good backup quarterback. Like Breeze went down, they had Taysom Hill, they had Jameis. Like they didn't really miss a beat. Like when this, when Breeze went down before that, they had Teddy Bridgewater. They didn't really miss a beat. You need a backup quarterback in the NFL. I don't think the so it's what yeah, team, like a, like a team like the like the Steelers, Steelers right? They signed Dwayne Dwayne Haskins, right? And you're telling me Big Ben can play 16 games in a row, and if you could get Teddy Bridgewater for fifth round, maybe compensatory, maybe that's something that they think about. Yeah, I, I you, like it's going to be a contending team that wants some insurance. That's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a lot of different ones that you could probably throw around. You know, you know, you can't, you can't do with Mariota. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's he's going to hang out though. He's going to hang out because I I'm not I I'm still not sold on Carr. I need to see him do it. So they're going to hang out with Mariota, who's a good backup. There's no reason. Listen. There's no reason to get rid of your backup, but there's no point in playing and paying Teddy Bridgewater. So I think the Ravens aren't a team that's interesting. Mm, um, that is interesting. Cardinals, the Cardinals are a team that could be interesting. A team with like a good young quarterback who's mobile, right? But also you need some backup there. Though, sorry, the Cardinals already brought in Colt McCoy, so they probably won't do it. He's gonna be backing up. But that's but look, Colt McCoy's Colt, like, yeah, it's a good. He's like a solid backup who has experience in game, and you need that if you have a mobile quarterback out there. Yeah, so and a guy who can. A guy that can get you through, you know, what, you know, the, those five, six quarters or whatever, and hopefully that the injury is pretty minor and kind of sort of get you through. My question for you, and this is kind of from a Bears perspective, is let's just play this hypothetically. How late do you think one of these quarterbacks could slide? I can't see Justin Fields getting out of the top 10 
No. Put on no. the Clemson game alone. But I can see a world where maybe Trey Lance gets into that 10 to 12 area. How late could one of these guys possibly slip in your mind, you know, worst case scenario for one of these guys? I don't think anyone's going to slip past the football team. And they're sitting there where? At, at 19? Football team sitting there at 19, no one's slipping past that. So you're sitting there at 19, and the Bears are 20. So the Bears have to move up if they want a quarterback. Yeah, it's just and, how much are you willing to give up? And, and that's my thing is these guys exciting. Right. And my opinion would be, you know, going from 20 to four, as you mentioned, three first round picks, third rounder, yada, yada, can't do it. Too much capital. We're too traumatized. We already traded up in the Trubisky situation. Can't do it. But if a guy gets into that 10 to 12, 13 area, I feel like going from 20 to 12 probably won't burn a first round pick. It might be a second rounder or maybe a third rounder, some sort of future stuff. But I think that's maybe where if you let the board come to you a little bit, maybe that's where the, the Bears could attack and maybe move up and get that quarterback. You're going to have to move up ahead of the Pats. Really? At 15. Yeah. So the football team, because look, a team like the Broncos could surprise everybody. Once there, I don't see a need, I don't see a need to move up unless Fields, if Fields goes or Lance goes and there's only one of these guys left, then you're going to see a scramble. Potentially, because the football team, the Patriots, and possibly the Bears would want to go up and get them. But all that being said, the teams ahead after the Broncos, Cowboys, Dak, Giants, nobody. The Eagles are probably going to go with Hurts. They could be a shady team for a quarterback. Chargers, Herbert, Vikings, Cousins, Pats are at 15, Cardinals, Murray, Raiders, Dolphins, so on and so forth. So you really have to look at that Eagles pick and be, be like, okay, if the Broncos take a quarterback, to lock in me getting a quarterback, I have to move with the Giants at 11. And if you go to the Giants at 11, you're getting a QB. Right. And now you're kind of digging up this whole this whole grave of how, you know, Howie Roseman kind of dealt with the Bears this offseason in terms of the Carson Wentz fiasco of the, the, the leaking of the trade packages. You wonder if actually you could have a trade partner now at the Eagles now at 12. I do want to ask you about these wide receivers, though. I mean, they it seems to be pretty split. You know, is is Jamar Chase your guy? Like a lot of people feel like he's the number one guy that comes off the board. I feel like Devontae Smith is, yeah, Devontae Smith's flying all over the place. Just kind of walk us through some of these wide receivers. It's another position that the Bears could target at 20. Yeah, 100%. But again, I don't think one of those three guys are going to be there. Right. What's your take on uh, Kadarius Tony? I love him. I think if you're sitting there and you're the Bears, you go, okay, I have Mooney, who's kind of that, you know, Swiss Army knife type wide receiver. You could play him in a lot of different ways. You have your number one, Allen Robinson. Anthony Miller has kind of, you know, on the trading block, a not a fan favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth round, fifth round, if you can get him, see ya. Maybe probably a, maybe fifth or sixth. You're the Bears. You're sitting there at 20. You have a lot of options, but you also have options later as the draft goes. So you could take Tony, you could take Bateman, you could take Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, you could take, you know, Eckridge, Ter- the kid. Terrace uh, Marshall's on the uh, yeah. Up there too, yeah. See, there's a lot of once you get past those three guys, you know, it's you, you. The Bears are sitting there and they could take the best player available. Fortunately, and that's probably what I would do. Some guy is gonna look. Five quarterbacks are going in the top twenty. Bottom bottom line, that's five picks away. All right. So, well, that's six. Chase, okay. seven. Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, seven, eight. Pitts. Yeah. Pitts. Yeah. So, like, we've, we've taken, like, that's, like, 
I don't know, what is that, 10 guys that are not, that are just skilled offensive players. Then you have Slater who's available. You have Darisaw who's available. You have, look, I, if I'm the Bears and I can get, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker who excelled really at both guard and tackle for USC last year and the year before that, like, that's, is that a bad move? Like, Dal- I don't think Dalton's a bad quarterback. I think, uh, he, I think, ooh, okay. There. Yeah, let, let's, let's get into it because here's where I am with the Bears right now. I personally, I would not trade up for a quarterback. I would take the best, meanest, nastiest offensive tackle or or guard slash tackle in that first round, target value at wide receiver in the second round. Because in my opinion, I do think that in general, we could probably compete with Dalton next year. And I just think for the Bears, you need a franchise quarterback for the first time in my lifetime, at least. I think we just need to make our environment, our place a little bit more attractive. Like it's almost like the NBA now where I want like that offensive line that's talented, like, you know, on the come, ta- you know what I mean? Versatile, has depth. We had these Russell Wilson rumors. You know, I want to make not just Russell Wilson, but I want to make other quarterbacks want to play on the Chicago Bears because of pieces that we draft, like an Elijah Moore or a guy like, you know, Vera Tucker, so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm kind of on the board of just staying and using the capital that we already have on the board to try and just make our team better depth-wise and roll with Andy Dalton. Pe- Bears fans, dude, are just losing their minds over Andy Dalton. And I think it's probably a name. It's the Bengals stink. You know, it's just, it's not inspiring. It's not invigorating. And, and I, it's, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a knee jerk in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, look, you, you swung and missed. No oh, big you time. Russell, you you didn't talk- get Russell Wilson, you get Carson Wentz. You didn't get anybody you wanted to go get in the off season. You got Andy Dalton. Understandable how people are upset, but is it an upgrade? Probably. 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 So you have Cole Komet in his second year. Montgomery showed excellent stuff last year. All right. The interior of the, of the offensive line got a lot better. Less, I, I, I like James Daniels. All right. I think Leno Jr. is solid. It, look, you bring in Vera Tucker. He could play right guard if Fetty is not that great. Or if Wilkinson is not that great, you put him over there. You know, I think Vera Tucker is your pick at 20. If Slater or Darisaw fall, you can take one of them. You take the offensive line in the first round. Come back in the second round, you get like Tyler and Wallace. Are we going to be out of OK State, who was great there? Are we going to be sitting here and being like, wow, that's a bad first two rounds? No. What's your take on Tevin Jenkins? Uh, I just know that we haven't mentioned him yet. Do you like him at that value for 20 or just, you know, you just like yeah. some of the other guys better, like Darisaw and Vera Tucker? I, th- I think that those guys are higher rated prospects. The guys I've mentioned, look, I think Jenkins is good. I think Mayfield will go ahead of him. Right. I think he'll yep. go ahead of him. I think, but I think Tevin Jenkins is good. I mean, I mean, again, you can't go wrong. If the other guys are gone, you go Jenkins, you go Mayfield. One of the yeah. Two. I mean, it just seems like that there's go a- Sam Cosme, Texas guy who I really love, obviously. Right. And then obviously there's a question of, are some of these guys going to slip into the second round a little bit because of what we were already mentioning, the quarterbacks going on top, some of the wide receivers going on top. Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Canon Sunglasses. Now, my sunglass history, it's a little checkered. I like to live a funky, fresh lifestyle, but I'm always breaking my sunglasses or I'm buying that $10 cheap pair and then losing them automatically. Well, no more, I say. It is time to make your outdoor experience better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make your lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible 
to scratch. And let me tell you, these Canon sunglasses, they are absolutely perfect for the golf course. So use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at canon.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's right, CANONCAST15, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5, Canon, clearly better. Now, back to the pod. Between Rashad Bateman and Kadarius Tony, two different receivers, you know, Bateman's got a little bit more size, a little more craftiness gets open. Kadarius Tony has, has been described to me as basically a Tyreek Hill-esque. Um, who would you probably prefer to have your team? Who do you think has the higher ceiling? I, I think to me, I think you're going Tyreek Hill-esque. I think Rondell Moore is that guy. Ooh, interesting. If, if, if you want that speedster who's just honestly a ball of muscle, it's Rondell Moore. I like, I mean, look, Tony Bateman, whoever you have rated higher in your board. I mean, Bateman's more that, you know, he's closer to Allen Robinson, honestly. And you already have that. So unless you're worried about losing Allen Robinson, you don't get Bateman. You go Tony. Right. I and then, that, then the question is, can Matt Nagy uh, scheme up Tony and get the most out of his skill set? would then be a question I would have. Yeah. I mean, look, you bring in Desmond Trufant, but is the defensive backfield that epic still? You need still, I think you still need someone across from Jalen, Jalen Johnson. Yeah. So it's, it's the, it's the, the Prince of Mucamara. Like, we're trying to sort of just like, we're trying to just cycle out these veteran cornerbacks year after year after year. I'm not upset so much about the Kyle Fuller thing. Cause the price tag was pretty insane. We kicked the can down the road and now he's worth 14 million. Can't really hang with that anymore, but I would like to see us maybe second or third round work either safety or cornerback into the mix in terms of our draft. Yeah, I mean, Farley's, Farley could – I don't think Farley – but you have three corners, Sertan, Farley, and J.C. Horn, who are a bit – who are above the rest. Then you have Campbell, Sante Samuel Jr. If one of those three corners fall, and the, the tack, let's say the tack, we, we see a fly on tackles. One of the three corners fall, you grab one of them. You got to do it I right, think you'll man. see with Gladney, if Gladney can't play, the Vikings may be pressed to take a corner. I think the – Cardinals are going to take a corner. So I, I'd be and the Cowboys too. So I'd be surprised if those three guys fall. And you mentioned Micah Parsons uh, earlier. I just think he's kind of a polarizing prospect. Some people got him in the top 10. Other people say character issues. They got him closer to the top 20. It sounds like you're a little bit closer on the top 10. He seems like a freak that can do everything. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like, look, sometimes like Ruben Foster, the character issues were character issues and that's what look what happened. Well, we're hearing but stuff about school now about he needs to grow up, right? He's got maturity issues, right? Which is kind of dinging his value. All this, honestly, all this bullshit is going to start really creeping up on some of these guys over the next couple of weeks. And it could cool. be some other team's game. Yeah. Guess what? Don't take Laramie Tunsil because he smoked a bomb. Like, what do you like? Like, that's you're going to sit there and do that. There's that like, don't like pass on him. Go for it. He's like one of the best tackles in the game. Like, yeah. Stupid. Five years later, uh, over half the country legalized it in their respective states. Right. Like it's it funny so how we prioritize funny. the virtues of these kids, you know, coming into college and all of a sudden they can cost them millions of dollars in terms of draft status. If you're going to go draft, you go need or you go best player available. Do not reach on the need. If the, if what you need really isn't there take the best player we take the best player available look it was a wash year for the cowboys but now going into next year they have gallup lamb cooper zeke and dak still pretty good and the 10th pick yeah so let's not let's not cry here from a cowboys fan 
and they went with Lamb, who was the best player available, who for all intents and purposes, by the end of next year, could be the best wide receiver on the team. I'm obsessed with CeeDee Lamb. I, I, I drafted him in every single fantasy league I mean, because the value is fantastic. Yeah, I think he's it's incredible. only a matter of time. Yeah. He's, incre- he's incredible. There's nothing he can't do. Like, there's nothing like the Raiders. Like, I think Ruggs is going to be a good player. But even Judy showed flashes. Like, I think Judy and Lamb are just better than Ruggs. And I don't know. If you have a guy, the Raiders have issues. They do. <laughs> they do. I mean, like Cleveland. They My recently, Raiders fans, they all kind of have a little something going on in the brain. I think it's just Raiders well, water. They're, they've drafted, at least, in the, you know, people only give a shit about. I'm sorry if I curse. Only care about. Is that cool? Oh, yeah, yeah. I do it all the time. People only give a shit about the first round which is hilarious because you really wouldn't address in rounds two through four, but just, you know, for entertainment purposes, the Raiders have been kind of blowing it under Gruden. They, well, I mean, they thought that they, you, you would think that with him and Mayock, the philosophy would sort of change, but honestly, it's the same old Raiders take I mean, we'll see what happens with rugs, right? But just that classic, he ran a great 40. The Raiders love speed. We're going to draft him. It just felt, felt very perfunctory instead of, instead of changing a, a, a new era, if you will. Crabtree went to the Niners at 10. Macklin went to the Eagles at 19, and they took Darius Hayward Bay at 7. Like, what were you, what are we, what are you doing? Like, what were you doing? <laughs> Especially like after Macklin, the year that Crabtree had at Texas what are Tech, you, seriously. Like, what are you, like, it's not like Crabtree and Macklin became unbelievable pros, but they were good pros. They had four or five really great years in the NFL, right? Oh, and whatever happened. was a good yeah. pro. Oh, yeah. Macklin was a good pro. They were good pro football players. Hayward Bay, journeyman. Like what? Look, I don't think Rug, I don't think it's gonna be like that with the Rugs because I think Rugs is more than just a speedster, and they just kind of have to figure out how to use him. And he had some injuries; he was in and out of the lineup last year. You got to look at it like, okay, Jacobs, right? They bring in, but they bring in Kenyon Drake, which was weird. They, no, I don't mind it. I think it just gives you a good like change of pace. You know, they saw it work with Devontae Booker. Like, okay, maybe we get like another good change of pace back in there, and Kenny Drake's better than Booker. I kind of like the deal. But they brought in John Brown. Like, why? Like, why do we have Brown and Rugs out there? Like, what are we running four verts every play? Like, you know, like it's like what's this isn't Madden? You know, play action and run for the hills. <laughs> and they're gonna. I think I could down. see them going. I could see them going into. They made a lot of trades in the offensive line. They're probably gonna have to go offensive line here, which is unfortunate because their defense can use. You got to hope they. You you hit, would think man. like they kind of showed their hand a little bit, right? They've been they've been trading and cutting their offensive linemen all off season, right? They seem to be trying yeah. to really kind of you know overhaul that position for whatever reason. So you would think that that would be a target of theirs. Uh, I got one more draft question for you. And then I got a hoops question and then you're out of here. Cool. My last one for you is just the last bears question. Give me your thoughts on uh, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, maybe some other guy, you know, that that second, third, fourth round quarterback that maybe the bears could also be targeting a little bit later. Uh, does one of these guys jump at, at, at you with a higher ceiling than the other? Um, I like what I saw at a Trask. Mond is more of the pro. Like what's going on in the pros today? Yeah, so Trask, I mean, is he as slow and stationary and statuesque as every single scouting report on the planet says he is? Yeah, he's he can't move. Can't move like Mon can. Mon's running a four five, four six, you know, like Goff, like that's like the not Goff can't really move. You know, that's like the knock on him right now. It's like the, the NFL is so RPO heavy. It's so like 
when Darnold was at his best, I mean, he was running for his life, but he's rolling out to the pocket, you know? And so it's the thing with um, – the thing right now is, like, you need, a co- you need a quarterback that can move, and Mon's that guy. Now, an interesting thing is the Patriots may take Mon in the second round. They may pass on a quarterback and go Mon in the second round. But Lance can move. Fields can move. Wilson can move. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence can move. Mac and Jones Mac Jones could probably move, right? But he can't move like the other guys, so therefore he gets knocked with being slow. Yeah, I mean, like the thing is this with the why the Niners, why I kind of just go back there, why I could work with the Niners. He's quick. Boom, ball out. Boom, ball out. They have Ayuk, they have Samuel, they have playmakers. Boom, ball. Mostert's a good receiving back. They move the ball quick and they run the ball a lot. They just need a guy that doesn't make mistakes. Um, and that kind of sounds like Mac Jones, you know, and, and Jimmy G, you know what I mean? He's good for a pick six. The, yeah, the Bears, <laughs> the Bears just got to take the best player available pretty much at all times. They're in that position where you take the best guy available and continue to add depth and build up. Beef up that defense. Beef up that offensive line. Smash mouth football is the best chance you have to win in that division. Well, because uh, look, man, we play the Packers every year. And whether the Packers are good or not, Aaron Rodgers comes in and he plays us. And next thing you know, it's the first quarter after one or two drives, we're down seven to nothing. I think definitely we need to control that line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball a little bit more, not just to slow him down, but kind of just give us a shot because especially with Andy Dalton this year, I don't know if we're going to be able to explosively match a lot of these teams drive for drive with touchdowns. So we got to probably do it another way and maybe shortening the game. And hopefully maybe either maintaining on defense or getting a little bit better on defense might be the uh, the way to play. Look, I said this at the top. I don't hate Andy Dalton, but he's not the answer. And I think we both know that. No, but the and good think, news is we're not tied up to Mitch's money and we can move up, you know, move on from him after the year. You know, I don't think this is a year. I don't think this, I think it's going to be a bit of a long year. It could be. Look, yeah. I have to see how they draft. I have to see how they draft. If they draft well. Obviously, the defense has a good like. Look, the linebacking core is ridiculous. So, look, linebacking core is ridiculous. Probably the best in the league. Yeah, have Eddie Jackson, who's underrated first team. Underrated like first team, and honestly, he had like four pick six interceptions called off by penalties last year. And you, and and you would think not yeah. like the penalties that he made, but you think that that maybe balances itself out just a touch next year. Yeah. So the defense. Look, I would double down on the defense. Smash them out, and that's the best shot they have. I think it's as where the roster stands right now. I think the Vikings are a tough out. I don't know if they're better than the Bears, but I think they're a tough out. I think the Packers are on a one way ticket to the AFC to the NFC championship game. And then you have teams like the Saints are still going to be in it. The, the, the West is detriment. The West is death, man. Cards, Seahawks, Niners. That's a tough that the Rams that they got that that the Rams. That's a tough place. The West and the NFC. The NFC East stinks, but the Cowboys are going to be back in it. the The football team is a quarterback away from like really wreaking havoc. They're going to be a tough out too. I I you know I don't think anyone's going to be really looking forward to playing them on their schedule. No, because their defensive line is, is hellish. Chase Young, man, which is what the Bears have to lean into their hellish linebacking group and really getting them some some depth on the defensive like look you could take christian Bearmore out of alabama with a defensive lineman and get some depth in the, in the, on, the, on the front three like, yeah why not if you're the bears well we got you know? we got to get younger i mean that's there's no 100%. way about it we still have some great players on the defensive side of the ball but you know we definitely have to kind of start blending it in with some younger guys too as well and i like him yeah Bearmore. 
Where do you think where, where where is he targeted right now? Is he late first round or is he more second round guy? Late late first, slip second, but like he's an Alabama lineman, D lineman who's dominant. Like the, you know how it's gonna go. He's a he's at the worst gonna be good, like solid. So like we see people missing the first round all the time. Final one for you, Josh Fisher, the co-host wow. of the Charity Stripe Believe podcast, producer as well. Uh, I just love your takes on the NBA, man. I mean, what's got you excited? What's grinding your gears right now in the NBA? We're kind of in the dog days just a little bit where we're not quite at the point where we yeah. start really kind of looking at the standings for the playing tournament. You know, the West right now is sort of not up in the air, but there's going to be some seats changing a little bit. What's got you? What's got your mind moving in the NBA right now? I went on. I've been on a vendetta. That's why I made the face the top about the buyout rule. I'll spare you that. <laughs> I love spare, the take. No, I love the take. I loved it. Yeah, I thank you. I, you know, I, it's it's ridiculous. I, what's got me excited was I, I I was right on a few things. We were right on a few things. We were really high on this draft class. Worked out we, right. Uh, Super surprising. Yeah, I, I, I like people were if like oh, I don't know why anybody was shoddy on Lamelo. He's excellent. He's out for the year. But Ant Man's been great. I don't think I think Wiseman isn't a killer like these other two guys are, but I think he'll be good nonetheless. I think he's more of an eight and type that's going to be, you know, a good double double role player, like you know, and 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 could hopefully allow these guards around him to be to be good. But quickly, Halliburton. I mean, you know, the Knicks made a mistake not taking Halliburton, but they backed it up by taking quickly and getting a steal. Well, yeah, so a I lot think, of a lot of teams, a lot of teams made a mistake on Halliburton for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, taking Toppin though for the Knicks was was tough right because yeah what do they have to do they had to turn around they had to bring in derrick rose you know what i mean i think they're still rolling out for peyton out there you know that's still you know they're going to be looking they're going to be looking for that point guard they don't have it yeah there's some serious the west is just it's a gun show it's you were talking about the rookies um i just want to ask you yeah because it's interesting everyone said that this draft was going to be so piss poor and I don't know if I could say that there's going to be six or seven all-star, multiple perennial all-stars out of this list, but I can name like eight or nine guys that I think are going to be going to be like 10-year veterans. Like dudes. I like the play- guys y'all got. I like Patrick Williams. Play- you like Flower Power? You like Patrick Williams? I do. Like, what's not to like? He's Look, Patrick Williams is athletic. He can guard multiple positions well. You don't need him to. You have Vooch. Yeah. You have Zach Levine. You don't need him to be going out there and throwing up like 25 points a game, which, you know, was, oh, he's not a really great scorer. He doesn't have to be. He's dropping 10 a game, getting five boards a game. You know, he's playing good minutes as a rookie, and he's still pretty raw. So eventually, Thad Young's minutes more so will go to start going to Patrick Williams. And he's Patrick Williams is an uber-athletic guy that you can leave out on the floor, you know, helps ball movement guards again like the two through four really well and it kind of gives a break to and it kind of helps out Vooch who's not a great defensive player and helps out he's fine not helps out Levine who's you know not an elite defender by any means yeah I we're think, super think, we're super happy and surprised to be honest we were kind of pissed draft night when it happened when he was taken we just didn't know a lot about him the dude came off the bench the previous year obviously a weird wonky college basketball season but then you kind of started watching the guy play he's taking on the best defender on the other team every single night He's starting and he's playing crunch time. I like his shot in general. I think like his handle and his like first step probably needs a lot of work. I mean, I kind of wish we took incredible. No, no. Yeah. You mean you want it to grow as much as possible, but you have Markinen who stays healthy, can score the basketball. It's always the biggest step in Chicago these days in basketball. Kobe White can 
score. You have scores. So you just need Patrick Williams to not make mistakes, which again, he's a young guy, but to be that good fire, you know, that juggernaut defensive player that he, that he could potentially be and that athlete on the floor. Then, um, I, so I think, I think they'll keep it within the Bulls family. Good news is that Vooch trade, I think, can attract a third star, which was what I think. I don't know. They want to keep Zach Levine happy. It's not necessarily Vooch, but it's okay. You have Vooch, you have Levine, you have these young pieces. Who's that third guy that's going to come to Chicago and help revive Chicago basketball? Someone's going to go to New York and revive it. Someone's going to go to Chicago and revive it. Who's that guy going to be? Bad news is if you don't get that guy, that trade does not look good. There's a lot to give up. I like Wendell Carter Jr. I'm not saying he's going to be Vooch, but Vooch is 30 already. Well, right. I mean, the the window with Vooch to try and do something is probably three years. Maybe you get him for that fourth or fifth year you're in the playoffs, but he's not the main guy anymore. But no, I agree with you. It's just, it's really like, it's not window dressing because our team got better, but it is just kind of like the Bulls are serious. This this can be an attractive place to play if you want to come and check it out. And who knows what superstar is going to be upset or maligned or maybe not happy with their organization, you know, today, tomorrow, by the end of this year. And it does put us in a Next better week, position. Yeah, I mean, change your mind like a girl changes clothes to, to quote Kitty Perry. Um, <laughs> some of these, <laughs> some of these superstars. Look, so guys are always available in Chicago. Someone's going to want to come play there, right? It's a, you, it's you would you would you think, want, but you want to bring it back. The people there's been a lot of people that have come through the doors from Tim Duncan to Tracy McGrady to LeBron, D Wade, Carmelo. Every single person's taking a meeting with us to maybe take on that mantle, come out of the MJ shadow, and make a winner in Chicago. And no one's do it. The only person that really seemed serious about doing it was Kobe back in 07, 08, when he was pissed off at the Lakers and yeah, legitimately right. wanted to be on the Bulls. But no one, no one's who's going to do it, though? Who's going to step up and want to be a winner in Chicago again and not worry about the MJ comparison bullshit that honestly, Bulls fans, we're over, dude. We're not going to compare you to MJ. Just come play. And yeah, we're not going to do it. Zero's injury. Oh. Detrimental. Bosch taking the pay cut detriment. Bosch took the pay cut. It was over. It hurt. Bosch took the pay cut. They're going to Miami. They're going to fit all three there, right? Well, because so, I think Wade and LeBron were entertaining Chicago, but then they wanted Bosch, and Chicago said we can't do all three. And I, there's actually yeah, a funny exactly. story. There, and then so they went. Yeah. So funny story. Three nights before uh, the decision. I was out having drinks on Rush Street with a buddy of mine and the buddy that I was having drinks with, he's kind of connected in the whole scene. And we were right across the street from Gibson's restaurant. The waiters come in. We go back to the alley. This is a long time ago. We're having a smoke with the guys in the alley. They, hey, you want to see something cool? We're like, yeah. They're like, come on, come on, come on. They lead us up to the top. There's a there's a secret top uh, floor in the middle of Gibson's yeah. Steakhouse restaurant. They pull back the curtain a little bit. We're about like maybe 150 feet away. And it's LeBron and Wade having dinner together talking at Gibson's and we walk out and we're like, Oh man, are they signing with Chicago? What's the deal? Tell us, please tell us the news. And the chef who was bringing in the food to the table goes, it's Miami. And we were like, shut up. No way. Not a chance. No how. And he's like, they said Miami. And we were like, you ruined our night. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh my, I would have leaked the hell out of that. Yeah. It was, so yeah, it's 2010. Now nah, we just yeah. had another drink and got mad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and San Carlos I, Boozer, and San Carlos yeah, Boozer. God, right? I, I mean, you can't leak it though. Like the just part of the decision, LeBron. Like a lot of it did go to charity for the one good moment of that, other than he, him just destroying and making a mockery of it. <laughs> the um, but yeah, <laughs> hopefully, I'm rooting for Chicago to basketball to be back. I think it's important. Them and the Knicks, man, I'm pulling for it.
Yeah, for the first time in a long time, I think there's the, the basketball is entertaining. They can't close out games. They blow lead like leads like anybody else. They lead the league in turnovers. But other than that, honestly, truly, it's one of the more entertaining basketball seasons that we've had in Chicago in probably about five or six years, uh, you know, since the Jimmy Butler days. So we're super happy for that. Josh Fisher, yeah. my friend, the Charity Thank Stripe, you, Believe Thank Podcast Network me. producer. Yeah, please uh, tell the listeners any other type of plug or any other way that you would like to promote your show so the good people oh. can check it out. No, go listen. Let's keep listening to Joey's show. Don't listen to our bullshit. Well, hey, you know what? Today's episode is brought to you by Canon and BetOnline.ag. We both yeah. can agree that we like them so very, very much. Uh, no, but honestly, Josh, man, really great to see you again, man. Thanks Always, for coming man. on and talking. The haircut looks draft. good, brother. The haircut looks good you got going. The wife, is, the wife is cutting it. The wife has been cutting it during this time. So. Oh, wow. Is she a is she a hairdresser or is she just talented? No, I, eyeballing it. Yeah, she's in fashion, talented, can paint, and I'm I, put, I, my my life is in her hands. Good, nice. Uh, I did, I cut my roommate's hair during quarantine. He, made, he looked like Arthur Shelby from Peaky Blinders. He looked hard. <laughs> he looked hard. I was, I was happy with it. He hated it. Just every girl me. liked it, though. Every girl liked it, and so he liked it a little more. Like, he was, he was so pissed at him when it first happened. That's what you're doing for him. You were looking out for him, not his yeah. best interest. You're just like, shut up and let me work. Well, yeah, let me I, do yeah. my thing. And then Let's you, Edward Scissor, hands him. Exactly. <laughs> Josh Fisher from the Charity Strike. Make sure you check out their show. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this pod today. This was Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Have a great weekend. You guys are coming back with more great pods next week. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.